Whatever we face, we have a choice. Will we be blocked by obstacles or will we advance through and over them? So obstacle can be a puzzle to solve. It can be entertaining. If you really put your emotions aside, you have to really be specific with what the problem is. Because when we have a problem, we tend to jump to this obvious solution, plug and play solution. But we don't spend enough time thinking what the problem actually is. Are we interpreting it right? Or are we choosing something that is most appealing to us? Because nailing the right problem would give you opportunity to find customized solution, to find the right solution for that. Welcome to Humanly, podcast about the extraordinary ideas and ordinary people. Stories that we tell ourselves to make sense of the world around us. Isn't that precisely what makes us human? My name is Paula and I'm a Renaissance soul. I'm passionate about concepts, but most importantly, how they evolve when shared with other people. You'll hear about what I learn daily through books, people, experiences, in a series of solo episodes and interviews. Welcome on board. Glad to have you here, fellow human. Hello, creators. It's Paula in your newest episode of Humanly. Today, it's just me, myself and I in a solo cast episode, but I really hope that you bear with me and you stay entertained. So uh, recently I had lots of afterthoughts regarding what it means to be in control uh, when you think about your life and why it's so damn difficult to deal with obstacles on the way. So obstacles to the master plan of your life. Um, why? Why they always appear out of the blue and ruin this uh, meticulously built uh, blueprint, uh, if you will. So I also had a couple of reflections regarding my work. I think my work as product manager really helped me to look at problems through different lenses. So I thought I'd spend some time to to share with you these reflections because I think you might find it helpful in your daily life. Let me maybe kick off with the quote from the book that I really enjoyed. Book name is Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. So this book was quite pivotal for me because the guy, this guy, the author, uh, so he is evangelizing, he's socializing the attitude of uh, stoicism, but maybe in the modern, neatly packaged version that can be plug and played in 21st century. He brings up examples of world leaders and historical figures where he actually uh, analyzes lots of use cases of how these people dealt with problems on a different scale and what we can learn from them. So he came up with quite a interesting framework uh, where he shared with us uh, the recipe on dealing with issues in our lives. So yeah, let, let me kickstart with, with the quote here. Whatever we face, we have a choice. 
Will we be blocked by obstacles or will we advance through and over them? Yeah, I think that really got me thinking that whenever we're really in this tunnel vision in our life where we have a very clear idea where we're headed and what it takes to get there, sometimes when we stumble across even small problem, we think we're trapped. We immediately have this emotional response when we, when we completely shut down and we only see the obstacle. We are fixated on the problem. We think we're trapped by it and that we have no self-agency whatsoever to change that. And that's quite hilarious because it's just about perception. Like, let's think maybe about problems in bigger scheme of things. If our ancestors, uh, I don't want to go really deeply into evolution, but if our ancestors avoided problems, they wouldn't advance. We, there would never be uh, this sophisticated civilization, era of discoveries, if humans didn't advance through obstacles they were facing because every time they were able to actually turn it into opportunity to learn something new about themselves, to learn something new about the world and pivot. That's quite interesting that we still have this very primal response to our fears and to problems we face when we feel completely paralyzed by it. This will be a great segue to think of the first principle in Holiday's uh, framework, which is perception. So think about for for a minute. If you have a friend who comes to you and says, you know, man, like this and this happened in my life. I feel completely, I feel completely crushed. You know, there's no way I can go past that. So what do we do when we hear something like that from our friend? We immediately feel compelled to find all the good evidence that proved your friend wrong. Your friend can easily tackle this thing, or maybe if not easy, there was an evidence in the past that he or she thrived, that they found a way to go past that. And second response is to, uh, because we come from this objective standpoint, we can really pinpoint clear set of steps that can help your friend to go about this situation. So what, why is it that when the roles are reversed and we are facing the very same thing, we are unable to plug and play this very same framework to ourselves. Why? Because we're completely, we're completely consumed by, by emotions, by emotional response. So in this case, it's our emotions that come in the way and we turn into this completely hopeless individual. We feel trapped by, uh, by the wrong choice we made. And I think there's this uh, wave of regret. We think that there's always black and white scenario where if we make a choice, 
this choice can lead either to good or bad outcome. And if we're in a bad outcome, so we are doomed forever and we're on this, you know, we're completely sidelined from our life and we have to continue this bad uh, bad omen or like, you know, bad streak. But this is not the case. This is a very archaic way to look at problems because truth is we should really treat life as a game. Whenever we run into an obstacle, we should think of it as... Like when we're playing video games, I'm not myself a huge fan, but I, I get the idea of how you can get the sense of accomplishment and adrenaline and drive when you're actually advancing, when you're conquering your fears. So let's try to apply same principles to our life when, whenever we face the obstacle. Let's see it as a possibility to advance in a game, to up-level, you know? Okay, maybe we don't have 10 lives and we don't have to make a huge change to advance. So in video games, you have countless of levels and each level has a very particular and specific goal. The bottom line is that when we run into an obstacle, we should make one decision. Regardless if it turns out to be a good or bad decision, this maybe brings up on some path, right? So then if we realize, oh, that was a bad decision, it's really up to us to make a little shift, to make yet another decision, you know, to cross-correct our path, to come back maybe to a better outcome, a better scenario. So I will come back to it later because I see so many nice examples that I can share with you from my personal life and from my work as product manager, where I have to work in the unknown and I have to constantly define right problems. But the thing is, if we want to compare it with project management in a way, so there are two approaches. There is a waterfall approach and there is agile approach. So waterfall approach is more long-term planning and lots of people approach their lives this way. So they think of their life as a project, as a as a plan, as a big blueprint, where they have some milestones in their life, they have a certain time that they, can, that they have to dedicate to accomplish these goals, they have certain resources, so everything is really well calculated, and if we meet certain time and certain criteria, that's when we can tell ourselves that we're successful um, and that we made it. But that's not the case. The waterfall approach, it may work out for some companies in manufacturing or uh, public uh, infrastructure, governmental institutions with lots of administration and intricate web of interdependencies. That, But it doesn't really apply to our life. Our life is more like agile approach in a way that... You only have to make a decision, a small pivot. So you don't have to decide today who you're going to be when you're 60 and what house you're going to be living, where you're going to live. I mean, you may, you may dream, you may have something, you may have an idea of who you want to be and where you want to get. But how you get there, this is a completely different story. So I think the bottom line is to allow yourself 
to make one right decision at a time, one small step at a time. And there are different ways to get to your goal. There's no one right way to get it. If you make a wrong choice in your head, wrong choice, it doesn't mean you can't get to the ultimate outcome, end goal. You can still get there, but maybe it will take you more time, more resources and more learnings along the way to get there. But you can get there. So bottom line is, it's about perception. Next time when you get so self-involved, when you come across a problem and you think that you're the only one who's facing this problem and that you have no agency, self-agency whatsoever to change that, Take a step back, look at the mirror and think of yourself as a friend. You're giving advice to your best friend. So you're asking, oh, this is what happened. So how about you look at this in that or this way? This will really give you a higher level of objectivity to to treat it as, as a puzzle. So obstacle can be a puzzle to solve. It can be entertaining if you really put your emotions aside and you're not entangled in that. The other learning from the book is about uh, that big obstacles in life have also big, weak spots. So the right way to go about it is to find these weak spots and use it against the problem. It all comes down to framing the problem into opportunity. Another interesting aspect of it that was mentioned in the book is about small wins. Now we are obsessed with big wins. There are lots of sayings like go go big or go home. We really overlook the importance of small steps, of small efforts, of small shifts in our life that get us places that we can call success. So Ryan in his book, he actually encourages us to put our energy onto the things that we can change. Ties a little bit to what I said about the self-agency. We should pivot and shift from this perception that we're trapped in the bad choice we made into being more objective about what we're really dealing with. So yeah, as a scientist who's maybe tackling some difficult puzzle or a problem statement in research, we should really think of what what we're dealing with, what's on the table, what we can act on to create change, to push ourselves forward. I like to think of it as who do you define yourself as a person? What kind of identity do you take upon yourself? If you tell yourself, let's say, If you tell yourself that you are a writer, this is the concept that I came across in the book of Atomic Habits by James Clear. So what he shared is that it all comes down to building a certain identity and persona of yourself. So if you let's say if you want to become a writer, this is something that I'm striving for. It doesn't matter if you have a paper or certificate that you're a certified writer and that's when you can call yourself a writer or maybe when you get some like writing award, that's the time when you can call yourself a writer. No, he says it's all about 
It's all about what you do in life. So what you do in life informs who you are, not external validation. So if you're a writer, write 10 things that you think writers do on a daily basis. So for me, I can say writer is someone who would write regularly, produce content regularly, or writer is someone who reads a lot, or writer is someone who participates in workshops or some critiquing, critique sessions. So if we have this framework of who the writer is, so then we just have to look at our life and tell ourselves, okay, what are the things that are not in alignment with the persona of the writer? And that's when we can actually declutter our life and clutter our own life with the things that don't align. Let's say that, okay, you're a writer, uh, you're sending your piece to a, for a competition and then you get rejected, right? So that's an obstacle. That's when you can think of yourself, I'm a failure, right? Because I haven't been accepted. My piece haven't been appreciated as much as I would hope for. But you can reframe the problem here. So is the problem that you're a bad writer? Because that's probably a conclusion that you would come up with. Or is the problem here that you haven't been approved, you haven't been accepted in this particular competition. So let's be specific. It's also about specificity because we like to, we like to create an overbloated scenario that comes from our insecurities or some toxic patterns that we have. So we really, emotions come in the way we see the situation in a very subjective manner. So I would see it maybe, oh, I'm a bad writer. Someone else with a higher confidence might think, oh, maybe my writing style didn't appeal to the jury, right? Or, oh, maybe I can, I still have to work on my craftsmanship to be better. The conclusion you come up with about yourself really ties down to yourself, to your sense of confidence, to the patterning that you were exposed to growing up. But bottom line is that when you come to the obstacle, oh, you haven't been accepted in a contest, right? You were rejected. You can reframe that. You can de-escalate the problem by telling it to yourself, by being very specific at what happened. So what can you do? So this is something you have control over, right? You have control over to maybe spend more time writing, to expose yourself to more critique in some safe environment, some workshop groups, when you get comfortable with your work being critiqued. These are the things you have control over. When you realize that you have a self-agency over things, your self-esteem grows exponentially because you are not stuck on this loop, belief loop, that you're hopeless and nothing can be done because that's how you stop progressing. You tell yourself you can't do it because you can't, you don't have the ability. So that's when you stop growing. But when you actually move yourself out of this perception of I'm hopeless and, and go into the perception of, okay, these are the things I can do to progress and to pivot, that's where you get your powers back. So let me share with you maybe... Uh, my reflections, working as a product manager and dealing with problems on a daily basis. So problems I can 
confidently say that problems are my daily, that's the essence of my work. And I mentioned to you before that when you work in IT, in software development, you need to take the approach of small steps and pivots and shifts. We like to call it iterative, agile process. So that means that whenever we want to, let's say we're working on a on a new feature of an existing product, right? So the first question that product manager needs to ask themselves is, what is the problem I'm trying to solve? Because let's say if, if I'm working on some other social media app, I can immediately say, oh, I want my users to be able to share some of their pictures or I want my users to be able to have to chat with each other, I can come up with hundreds of new fancy features. But do I have to solve all of them at the same time? We're getting lots of complaints from customers. So do we have to handle all these problems and undermine the value that the product brings? No. The bottom line is focus on the problems that are important, problems that bring most value to end users, and problems that you are able to solve at the part, at the very moment. And that depends on how many developers you have on board to work on that. Are they equipped with the right kind of experience to tackle these problems? This is something that we can also apply in our life. Do we have to solve every single problem in our life to feel happy? Or can we just please be kind with ourselves and agree on our li- life is good as it is. We don't need this validation of it being perfect and of it being free of any mishaps, you know, for us to be ready to say, yes, I made it, I'm great, I'm successful. No, it's honestly not possible. It's really impossible to live your life problems-free. They'll always be there. Are we going to really define our life by these random circumstances we have no control over? Or are we going to have this inherent belief that our life is good, we have self-agency always to pivot, to change, and to grow? It doesn't make us less of a less successful if we have to make thousand pivots to get to the place that we want where we want to be. Coming back to the Agile framework. So if you're working on a software, uh, like the initial idea of, of working Agile as opposed to Waterfall. So Waterfall was the straightforward project management approach. So with a start date, end date, very specific goal in mind, end goal in mind and milestones that would determine how successful you are. And Agile is based on iterations. So you pick a small, you pick a problem you want to work on, then you actually uh, drill down the problem to create a, a set of tasks, set of aspects of this problem that need to be handled. And then you give yourself a small amount of time to work on these aspects. So let's say it, it, it's called a sprint, but it can be two weeks, it can be 
one week, it can be a month, depending on your company, but you give yourself certain time to tackle this tiny aspect of this problem, particular problem you want to work on, right? And then uh, you have this one iteration. You might solve the problem, you might solve this one aspect of a problem, and then you realize that you have a breakthrough. This, when you solve this problem, so you made a small shift towards solving it, and then you realize, oh, there's a new aspect of this problem I didn't know about. But the bottom line is, you wouldn't know about this aspect without making this small shift and without acting. We wouldn't know about this problem if we didn't act on it, if we didn't act upon it in the first place. So that's the lesson that we can ultimately also apply in our lives, that you don't have to know what will happen if you make a choice. You don't have to be 100% sure if this choice is the right one, because it's not black and white. Literally, you can make different, there are different paths that lead you to your end goal. It's not one right choice that will get you there. It's a series of thousands of steps or small choices, small pivots that will get you where you need to be. But it's just, it's the experience that, that lets you grow and lets you verify if the end goal that you really chose for yourself is correct one because we evolve with people we change across years so what we thought for us to be a great life blueprint might evolve and change over time and imagine if you had if you were able to magically jump from from a decision let's say that you want to be a doctor right? Because that brings good money, that brings good status. You always like biology. Yeah, let's be a doctor, right? And let's imagine a scenario where you can jump from this decision, from this thought into reality and goal without effort, without anything, right? Will you become a doctor just like that, just by making a decision or having a thought? And then you realize, oh, but I don't actually... Uh, but I actually don't enjoy working with patients or that I really feel uncomfortable around blood or, oh, actually, you know, I would like to move abroad, but this profession ties me down to a place where I live at the moment. So I truly believe that it's a privilege and luxury for us to actually take time before we make our dream come true or before our project succeeds because we take our time to really make sure that this is something that we want because our desires are changing because we change as people good news is that you can get halfway before you achieve your goal and then you realize wow this is actually not for me because you had to work your way up towards the goal but along the way you actually realize wow this is actually not my thing I want to do something completely different. So then you have a chance to pivot, to make the small shift, one shift at a time. And you don't need to know whether it's going to take you where you need to be. Maybe it's going to take you to a place you wouldn't even think of. And that's the place where you truly belong. So give yourself time to validate your choice, 
to validate your desires and dreams because we're not fixed uh, human beings. We, the only constant thing is change. Another interesting aspect of my work is that, again, there are many solutions to the same problem. There might be one obvious solution to the problem, but it doesn't mean that obvious is always good. If you think of a career choice, if you wanted to be a writer, right? The most obvious path to become a writer would would be to have a degree, right? In English or whatever language you write in, in literature, then maybe some master programs, maybe workshops, send your pieces for competitions, and that's how you get to be a writer, validated writer. That's one of the most obvious obvious way. But is it the only way? Is this the best way? You can get to the place where you dream about being a writer after getting experience in something else, when you realize it's your passion. Somewhere along the way, I also discovered passion for for writing. I participated in workshops, writing critiques, and as much as it's my hobby to write, I don't imagine myself making a living as a writer because I don't like my creativity to, to be pressurized by this necessity to make money out of it. I mean, that would be really nice and gratifying if I could make money out of writing, but this could kill my creative buzz. This is not how I operate, that I could actually wake up every morning, write, sell my writing. This wouldn't be a great fit for me. And so same goes for work as a product manager. There are many solutions to the same problem. And also, sometimes you have to really be specific with what the problem is. Because when we have a problem, we tend to jump to this obvious solution, plug and play solution. But we don't spend enough time thinking what the problem actually is. Are we interpreting it right? Or are we choosing something that is most appealing to us? Because nailing the right problem would give you opportunity to find customized solution, to find the right solution for that. Because you might assume with users, or let's say, let's give you an example, retention, you don't have a great retention of your users, of a social app, so users are, you know, uninstalling your app. You assume it's because you increased your price, right? You increased the monthly subscription price. That would be probably the quickest conclusion you can make about you know, the cause and consequence that, okay, this much users dropped out and that's because we increased the price. But maybe the problem is not retention. Maybe the problem is actually the content we're offering. Maybe our content and our features are not uh, satisfying some of user needs. So maybe instead of looking at our business model, of how much we want to charge our users, we should actually uh, look at the conversion, user conversion or particular features we're offering. Let's take time to make sure that we are very specific with framing problem because that will allow us to find the right solution. If we jump to solution first without really getting to know the problem, we might just find ourselves in the dead end And it's not that we're doomed. It's just like we would need to backtrack a little from this solution again to try to find what the problem really is. And that might take more effort or resources, you know, to get to the end goal. It's never too late to pivot, to shift, 
to change because there's no one right way to get to place. You are meant to pave your own path to get to places because this will bring you a unique experience and expertise, you know, to get where you're meant to be. So give yourself time and permission to explore, to be more playful with life choices. Let's not be too rigid with like, oh, if you, of course, certain choices uh, inform our life. Let's say if you again decide to spend six years or eight, I have no idea. I just have friends who are doctors, so I imagine they spend considerable amount of time studying. So if you make that commitment, uh, the longer you stick around with this choice, uh, the, the more compelled you are to continue, right? Because you invest in so much effort. So this maybe is a more rigid choice that informs your life later. But we living in a really dynamic reality where you can be a self-made man and you can decide, no, I want you want to be a marketeer. And you don't necessarily need to have a degree to do that. That's actually the huge comfort and luxury that we have, that we don't need validation. Of course, certain, maybe certain uh, professions require that if you want to be a doctor or like engineer. Yes, but... You know, it doesn't mean that the doors are closed because there are many entrances. You don't have to wait to enter through the door. You can enter through the window, you know, take a little shortcut or, yeah, bottom line is let's not to be too rigid with our choices and think that this choice would inform our whole life. It's literally impossible because you'll be presented with twice as much choices you need to make daily and really it's if you if you want to weigh down each choice and think it's if it's good or bad you live your time waiting you will live your life waiting and trying to ponder oh, okay which direction direction you should go you won't know where it will take you unless you make the step and make a choice it can be a good one it can it can be a nasty one it doesn't matter you can always shift and change if there's an only message that i want to leave you with it's really this Let's not get too much attached to our identity. Let's treat ourselves as more of a fluid concept. So we are not a finished project. We are an open book uh, with empty pages to be filled. Let ourselves be more playful and experimental as we, as we were when we were kids, when we would really enjoy the process of getting to know ourselves, getting to know our strengths hope that this journey will will take us through necessary hurdles to get to the place that is meant for us. And if it's not a good enough of a place, you know, feel free to make a shift, make a pivot. That's the only way forward. So now, when you know that obstacles and problems are actually gifts, I hope that you become more bold and playful with making mistakes and not being so caught up in making the right choice. Just enjoy the journey forward. So let me leave you with a quote that I really enjoyed, the quote from the book, Obstacle is the Way. The world is constantly testing us. It asks, are you worthy? Can you get past the things that inevitably fall in your way? Will you stand up and show us what you're made of? Yeah, right. Kick ass. Show your drive. Show that, show that your choices 
don't validate you, that your choices don't determine how good you are. You know, it's a journey. Life's a journey. You know, we might as well enjoy it and be surprised where life takes us. So I wish you all a really great week ahead. It's spring. So I hope you enjoy your time and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully something piqued your interest in today's episode and maybe stirred a bit of flow in your life. If you wanted to share your experiences or simply say hi, feel free to send me a message via email humanly.space at gmail.com or just drop by to my Instagram account humanly.space that I'll be sharing in my show notes. Keep flowing! See you next episode.